0: Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring Extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all, who is the King of the Ring? Charge! Go to that top rope train bus or be with this! This has got to be the end of the one, two, three, kid, Mike! We finally see something good out of Dragon's Overview. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Talking Tourneys number 22. I am one of your hosts, Sam Dimaschio, and with me, per usual, Dan Rice. Dan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm mostly bragging about having a pool. It's like my lower middle class thing I'm doing right now. But how you oh, been? Heck
0: yeah. Heck yeah. My wife wants a pool real bad. But that I not have usually think it's it. going to happen. What? If
1: the wife wants something real bad, it usually means it's going to
0: happen. I don't think so. I don't think we got the space, and our whole backyard is very sloped, so I'm not sure how that would work. Thumbs the brakes. Thumbs the brakes. This episode, we're going to be talking about the first ever Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest from June 24th, 2004. Dan, you picked this tournament. Did you have a specific reason around doing it? Um, I just have fond memories of the tournament. This is kinda like
1: right in the height of my Ring of Honor fandom. Um I remember getting this on VHS and being very excited about it. And uh yeah, I just thought finally, you know, I don't think we've done a Ring of Honor tournament yet. I, I know we haven't, and I'm like let's let's finally do it. We made
0: 22 episodes without doing it. So look at that. We're here now. I'm I'm an early ring of honor
1: mark. Like that's early 2000s indies is is my wheelhouse. So it's, it's pretty amazing. We lasted this long without ring of honor.
0: Essington PA, a real hotbed city gets the first ever survival of the fittest.
1: Now, do you know the background of that? I have no idea. It was supposed to be in Maryland. And it was supposed to be the Shane Shamrock Memorial. They were supposed to take it over. But then it came out that, you know, Rob Feinstein was still involved, despite them telling everyone he's not involved. And when all that, you know, hoopla happened, whoever their promoter was in Maryland said, get out of here. And so all they did was they moved it to a Ramada Inn and just ran the exact same show anyway, because that's why it's this format. That's the format of the Shane Shamrock is six single matches and then a six-way final.
0: Why? Hmm. That's very interesting. They also make a big deal about the new Ring of Honor home video distribution throughout this event.
1: Well, because this is like the second outing of Rob Feinstein, you know what I mean? There's the original scandal, and then there's the scandal of, oh, we lied and didn't really get rid of him. And this is kind of in the midst of that. Though something that only gets talked about by Adam Lash, and I don't really understand why, is that the Shane Shamrock Memorial Tournament is a memorial to a guy who got shot by police when he was threatening his, like, girlfriend and one-year-old child with a knife.
0: Okay, so that's what I th- re- recalled. Um, only only something- Adam Lash on
1: Twitter talks about it. It never gets brought up. Like, if you try to find it, it, like, there's original news articles. If You look for it on Twitter. It's just him, and I comment about it once, and there's no one else. Everyone's just like, can't wait for the Shame Shamrock Cup.
0: That's, yes, okay. Yeah, it's very wild that he has a world tournament that just keeps happening to this day, to my knowledge. And also that... There is any controversy that would be too much for selling the name of Shane Shamrock. Great stuff, gotta love it. Why, wild why from head to toe there, Dan. Thanks for bringing it to, bringing it to me.
1: Just, I wanted to. I told you this is my
0: wheelhouse. I remember being all involved in all that and
1: rationalizing why it was okay because I like CM Punk and Brian Danielson.
0: Well, that's wrestling, baby. That's wrestling. It's <laughs> CD from beginning to end. There is no winning. Let's get into the field here. It's Mark Briscoe, Trent Acid, John Walters, Jay Briscoe, Brian Danielson, Matt Stryker, Samoa Joe, Jack Evans, Homicide, Austin Aries, Colt Cabana, Alex Shelley, maybe Josh Daniels. Sort of unsure. Of his placement in this tournament, Dan, how's the field feel for you?
1: I mean, I I love the field. I mean, it's just a bunch of all time favorites, plus John Walters, Josh Daniels, and Cole Cabana.
0: <laughs> but out, outside, go of that, Matt I mean, Striker. Good for you, man. He, oh, I he's nope, so good. I forgot. you, he man. made the cut of all time favorites. Um, he the bigger. He's the better Matt Striker. For sure. He's got that going for him. Yeah, that's but a I mean,
1: win. Yeah. Danielson, Joe,
0: uh,
1: Roderick Strong, you know, Trent Acid, Like, these are guys that are, you know, on, on top of my all-time favorite list.
0: Well, Roderick Strong's technically not in this bad boy.
1: Well, he he kind of is. We can get to it when we get to it, but.
0: Well, that's why Josh Daniels kind of counts. Roderick Strong kind of doesn't. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's go. Let's get started then. First round. Well, let's talk about the format. Uh, Typically, we do a lot of single elimination tournaments from start to finish. This is not that. Like you said, this is formatted differently. This is going to be a series of what should be singles matches that will lead to one final six-way elimination finals. So, our first... Matchup in the first round is Mark Briscoe versus Alex Shelley. Dan, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I thought this was a great way to start off the tournament. Um, this is Alex Shelley is you know pretty recently before this form generation next, so it's kind of like his introduction and in, you know in the Ring of Honor he's kind of being pushed as a singles and Mark Briscoe never really been pushed as a singles, but. He got the win here in a really fun match where it was um, Alex attacking the neck and and Mark attacking the knee, and that works with Marcus to show off that he has some pretty underrated chain wrestling, and he has his really cool. Uh, he it's like a signature move because he does it a lot, but the springboard to the knee, the springboard dropkick to the knee, which is always impressive. And I thought this was kind of a perfect first round match, kind of what you want. Introduce both guys, um, makes Mark Briscoe look real strong going into the finals, but now he's hurt. So you have that story that can carry on to the six-way match. He's got, you know, a hurt knee. Um, and the finish was really cool. It was uh, Alex, you know, hits a vertical suplex and rolls like he's going to go for another, like Eddie Guerrero, but pulls Mark down into the border city stretch. But Mark rolls out of that to try for a Texas clover relief. not gets it, so he just flips over and gets the pin. I thought it was really fun. What about you?
0: I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think this is a really good way to start things off. Like you said, I think this just kind of really shows how wrestling was different on the indies back in 2004 and how ROH was just a different breed of wrestling company that this sort of match could just open the show and not be met with much fanfare just because it's two not even really top card guys going at it. Um, Mark being more plucky and, Shelly not really establishing himself to that extent yet as a singles wrestler. Uh, Love kind of Shelly feeling like a little spider out there, just ensnaring Mark Briscoe at every turn. Um, But also that Briscoe had one strategy that he went to that paid off by going after the lake. After what I thought was pretty sick cross legged shin breaker to to really start that rally off when you're going against a more competent opponent needing to kind of establish one through line towards victory the commentary tried to sell the finish as feeling like an impact from the leg work i don't think so i'm not buying it, it doesn't feel like they mattered in that sense but it was still a nice crafty finish uh, in a match where Mark was not really painted as the craftier wrestler.
1: That that uh, knee breaker, shin breaker, whatever, he hits that, then the Northern Lights suplex, then like a leg submission, right? Like all in yeah. one go? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was cool. I remember
0: that, yeah. So yeah, I think this is, like you said, a good way to start things off. Uh, it's not going to be the best match that we talk about tonight on this episode, but, well, hey, I don't know. Maybe you really love this match, Dan, but I won't expect that. Um, Yeah, just in general, just feels like, OK. There is very few matches on an in indie opener that are going to feel like they come close to this bad boy. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Dan, are you ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Trent Acid versus Colt Cabana. I think this is fine. Um, Trent's really good here. Colt's okay. But in general, I think it's not a barn burner. It just feels like, okay, we're just going to ride the wave here and keep moving forward into the next match. What are your thoughts, Dan?
1: Well, my last thing I've written down is just fine. So we kind of agree on that. Um... I'm a a Trent Acid guy. Uh, You know, one of his matches made my Desert Island comp with you. Uh, I've always loved them. Um, I think he does a really good job here of being the straight guy for Colt's comedy, which, I mean, your mileage varies on Colt's comedy. We've all seen it a thousand times. Um, This was not enough Trent Acid offense. It was mostly Colt Cabana. There was the weird thing, which I guess was like supposed to be funny or a joke, where they spent the whole time talking about, what a devastating finisher Colt was going to do because he invented a new finisher and then he just wins with like a weird roll up.
0: Yeah. It's just a trapping pin. Yeah. It's just the Perenni special.
1: Yeah. Um, Which kind of plays into the future of the tournament, but
0: not really. I would say no, not really. I mean, I'm trying to be, but you know, yeah, I think Trent's good here. He I don't know if I would call him the straight man necessarily. I think he's dialed it up to eleven here. But oh, yeah. uh that is fine against Colt, who he's eleven in a different way. In I a, guess
1: rather than straight man I meant like the foil, the, you yes, know.
0: Sure. The Colts the Colt, yeah. Yeah. Colt doesn't know how to exist within a match. Only exist within the vibe of Being a a crowd pleaser. Hey, some people like that. I used to. But also it means that. he, He never feels like. He's just wrestling a professional wrestling match. It's always in service of. Being. Not a showman. But. Performing as a showman. In the context of a pro wrestler. Pro wrestling match. Which doesn't really work. We've, we've talked about Cole Cabana
1: before um, in a previous tournament where it's Cole Cabana, you, you either get the funny ha ha look at me like I'm a showman or you get the no, now I'm serious and I have like a frowny face the whole match. But I think the Cole Cabana comedy works. It's kind of like a stand up comic where like if you're there live and everyone else finds it funny, it's funny. It's like it's a good time. Yeah. And then you watch it at home alone on a TV and you're like, ah, maybe just wrestle. I don't know.
0: Just do something. Do something a little different. Yeah. All right, Dan. Moving on. Next match. Time to get into. Complications. It starts as John Walters versus Austin Aries. And then the devastating generation next gets in there. And beats the piss out of John Walters, making him bleed. And essentially forcing him to the back, uh, saying, hey, you can either quit now or we're going to beat you up until you can't go go forward. (coughs) And, yeah, they do that. And then I don't know who is the ROH authority figure here.
1: Well, that's what's weird. There really isn't. So John Walters goes through the back and then before he can even like you can still see him walking in the back, basically. Gary Michael Capetta, who does, like, interviews, comes out and is like, we always have a backup plan, and the backup plan is Josh Daniels.
0: Terrible backup plan. (laughs) An elite-tier, terrible backup plan for two reasons. One, Josh Daniels, not, not a great professional wrestler. Two, he's just walking into the exact situation that John Walters was in moments ago. Nothing has changed about the issue at hand.
1: Four on one.
0: It is again, nothing has changed except you've moved the bodies around. This is the worst attempt at problem solving known to man.
1: But that's okay, because there's no authority figure, John Walters runs back in and like evens the odds, but not really. But the referee whose name's escaping me, gosh, it's gonna kill me. But uh he says it's a tag match. Aries and Strong versus Daniels and Walter. The winner of the fall moves on in the tournament. The E just decides that he has the authority, I
0: guess. That's incredible. Also, I missed that. Uh winner of the fall moves on. Okay. That's- yeah, That's what the
1: referee announces that over the mic, so it's not the easiest thing to hear. That's why I was thought it was weird that you were saying Daniels and Strong were only kind of in it. I was like, well, Daniels is definitely in it.
0: No, That's I was like, Daniels definitely Strong. I wasn't aware of the ref stipulation. It was the Rock well, Strong. I guess
1: he's just a buddy. He's just like, I don't want to win.
0: Just Aries a good and, guy. Aries have, yeah. Good guy Roddy. So, I don't know. This, this is more of a... I guess, it's a tag match in technicality, but more of a four-way. Yeah. None of this makes Uh, sense. I don't think the match is good. I think it's kind of bad.
1: Well, I was trying to diagnose a problem when I was like thinking of like the parts that are a tag match. They kind of are working towards a Josh Daniels hot tag, and I'm like, well, that's not good. But then I thought, well, you don't want a John Walters hot tag either. I think the problem is John Walters and Josh Daniels. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, it was fine. This is this is actually, I'm pretty sure, the first time that Aries and Strong team up as a tag team, so that's kind of cool. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's it's not, nothing to go out of your way. I mean, the the problem is, Roger Strong looks better than Austin scenarios. I think Roger Strong's the best guy in the match and looks the best in the match.
0: That's fair. That's fair. And I feel bad for ragging on two CW legend, John Walters. Seen him many multiple times live. I think he's a good professional wrestler, but. Not hit, not a great scenario, not a good situation for him. All in all, any other hot steam and takes on this tag match?
1: No, that's kind of all I got. I mean, John Walters was kind of like tied at the hip with uh, Generation Next when they first started, like at at Generation Next, and I'm pretty sure at the World Title Classic, like he's always paired up against them, which you know. Good for John Walters, I guess. I don't know. It just—he never really felt like a big threat to a stable that was never really, at that point, presented as like a main event stable. So it's like you're—you're you're the guy. You're the punching bag for the mid card stable. It's never a good position to be in.
0: Yeah, it's an, also just an interesting wrestler to hole in for that. But... oh man, I am now. Stumbled on to looking through old 2CW results to be like, huh, what what have I, what have I seen old Johnny Walters in over the years? The answer is quite a bit, quite a bit. um, A lot against another ROH legend, Slick Wagner Brown. A lot going on here. A lot going on here. All right. Here we go. It's time to talk. Jay Briscoe versus Homicide. Dan, how are you feeling?
1: This was... This is, again, like, sometimes you have expectations. This was a little disappointing. Because I'm a big fan of both these guys. I mean, they're both J1 R R H guys. Um, and it was kind of nothing until the finishing run, in my opinion. I mean, it was it was... Good professional wrestling, but it doesn't it just really wasn't a story? It was just like your turn, my turn. I mean, Homicide's doing his heel thing, which I never really thought worked at this point in Ring of Honor because the crowd still loves him. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't love this until we get to the end where we got the cop killer, you know, fake outs, and um, then Julius Smokes gets involved, uh, you know, which causes distractions, and Homicide ends up winning with a super Ace Crusher and a lariat. And uh, which I really like that he wouldn't shake hands before the match, but then after he wants, he wants to shake hands. I think that's a good, you know, shit bag heel move. Um, Jay plays up an injured neck afterwards. I just, this never really felt like it was going anywhere and then just started the finishing round. That's kind of where I was at. What about you?
0: I think I got a little bit more out of this than you did okay. since that I, I felt more like homicide was in control for most of this match and that he felt a little bit more commanding of the action. Where even when it comes down to what they're doing in their workover segments, like Briscoe is doing some pretty pretty basic simple holds whenever he's on top of Homicide. And that's a lot of the kind of first, I mean, thirty-four. So the match just feels like it's not a lot of high-octane energy stuff. It's a lot of just working holds against each other. But Jay Briscoe's working like headlocks and side arm bars. Homicide's got a little bit more complexity, a little bit more tricks in his bag when it comes to that. And then like the counter countering finisher move section you're talking about with the cock killer. and the J driller. It's just like, okay, that is a good illustration of how wrestling just used to be better. It's like, <laughs> oh, you don't need to do this 16 times to get the point across. You can just do a couple of exchanges and then have homicide lay a boot across jay Briska's face uh with a plum and it's okay that works that's what you want to do just hit that shit hard as possible uh well you don't need to do that exchange a dozen more times to have impact and to get the crowd going oh yeah look at what you're doing um so i thought this was good not great but definitely Definitely just a, another good match on this show as we keep things moving and grooving. I, I kind of agree with you where in 2023,
1: Jay would have popped up from that Super Ace Crusher and we would have got the same finishing run again
0: before going home. 100%. 100%. I don't know why Jay Briscoe is faking an injury. <laughs> I don't know. And they bring it up later in the show. So it feels like they're trying to be make that meaningful, but I had nothing. Not sure where they care it's about it. It's kind of
1: like my Cole Cabana, this might play a part in the future. Like, this might play a part in the future. It doesn't.
0: Yeah, there's some stuff going on in this show in that regard. It's just like, we're just doing shit. Some of it matters, some of it doesn't matter. Maybe on the next show it matters more. I doubt it. Next matchup. Brian Danielson versus Jack Evans. Dan, take it away.
1: Okay. I love this. Why like fully accepting why someone might not. Um, I like corny Brian Danielson comedy. And that's kind of what this starts with. Jack Evans comes out. And, uh, well, this is, you know, 2004, you know, production of Ring of Honor. So he's holding up some sort of uh, picture of Danielson. He's saying, I'm wrestling the dagger. He's from my hood. I know him. You can't see the picture at all. Um, But then they get started, they immediately start with the dance-off, Jack Evans does all his cool dance moves, so Brian Danielson does the, you know, the Rick Rude hip swivel, and you get a, you get served, you got served, just, you know, ridiculous stuff, but then the actual match starts, and it's almost a Danielson squash, and he bends Jack Evans in every way possible, like, it's, it's sickening, he just, every submission move looks like it's gonna break Jack in half and jack evans got his you know his some moves and he got like a springboard twisting corkscrew but just every time they got into the ring he just was danielson was just too powerful and too strong and too good at wrestling for jack evans to really make any headway and then danielson wins with a uh, like a i don't know some kind of like gut wrench bear hug uh boston crab i don't even know what they would call it and that's what i love about danielson he can just win with anything like, that's not, as far as I know, that's not a move he used a whole bunch. But it was a believable finisher, and it was really cool. I really enjoyed this. And 20 years ago, Brian Danielson already best in the world.
0: Spoiler I wish that the finish was the one time he used the move during this tournament. This move looks sick on Jack Evans. I don't think that move looks sick on many other people besides the most bendable man in pro wrestling. This match rocks though. I actually don't agree with you. If people don't like this match, they're they're <laughs> losing it. Off their rocker. Totally bonkers. Don't get it. And this match rocks. Like it's the perfect kind of foil to Danielson in the sense that hey, what if I just wrestled rubber band man? Like, that'd be fun to watch happen. And then Jack Evans just does things with his body that he shouldn't do in the course of a pro wrestling match. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's where the stars align. Um, Yeah, like, my notes on this match going in was like, ah, I know the these folks had a match where it was like, oh my goodness, what is Jack Evans doing? His body doesn't look like it's real is that this match and I was like I don't know but I think it might be after it's done like unless they've had multiple matches where Jack Evans died like this very realistic this is that match Um, but yeah that finish that they hit just whack a doodle man whack a doodle
1: well it's like you said like it probably shouldn't be used ever again because I don't know many people that can bend like that and make it look as believable and devastating as it does.
0: Yeah, weird. Weird sex move otherwise. No way (laughs) to get around it. (laughs) But when Jack Evans just looks like he's about to get snapped in half, it's like, ah, cool, wicked, love it. Anyone else is like, I don't know what you're doing. What are you trying to to get out of this? Any other hot thoughts on what I'll call a wicked cool match.
1: Yeah, I, I will agree with that. I would like to have a real non sequitur here. Who is Isis Efix, the two CW guy? Isis Effects. Isis Effects. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him at all. What do you want to know, Dan? I just want to know if he's any good. I'm just you had me go oh, through John not. Walter two CW, and it's he's all over the place. He's in a four way with Danielson. He's not good. All right. Oh, he's not he's, good. I would John not Walter's say hey,
0: Isis Effects. You need to get learned up on his career. He essentially.
1: He's got six matches with John Walters.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of matches. They have a lot of matches. Uh, He does have a rad match against another local, Jason Axe. And they both bleed buckets at a ice rink in Wartown, New York. It involves a cowbell, if I recall. Definitely a ladder. And that's about as good as it gets. He trained a lot of the guys that end up coming around late into CW. Um, around that 2014 time period. Um, and they're still wrestling today. Like, uh, I don't fucking know anymore. There's there's a couple of guys there out there wrestling um throughout upstate new york and they've been wrestling in wrestling open and i think limitless and stuff like that so just a little bit all over the place
1: that's just when my brain works i don't want to be left out so i also had to pull up jordan walters two cw career and that
0: that guy sticked out as me because i don't know who he is hey i'm gonna tell you not a lot of people know who he is
1: that, that makes me feel a little better i guess
0: and the first two but CW yeah. show I went to, he wrestled Brian Fury. Ooh. Did Brian Fury get canceled? It feels like it, but I don't know. I feel like it, but I also don't know. But fair enough. Fair enough.
1: In wrestling, it's just easier to assume they did.
0: Yeah, I think that does a lot of the If work. We can to say, yep, that's super likely that that happened. If we want to
1: peek, peek behind the tar- uh, curtains, we were trying to pick next, next episode's tournament, and we were trying to find one without a canceled guide. It's not always the easiest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's some—we've we've already looked at folks that are canceled on this show. We're not holier than thou. Oh, no. But I don't necessarily want to get into the weeds on this stuff at every given moment. Oh, man.
1: Let's let's get into two guys who, as far as I know, not canceled. Samoa Joe and Matt Stryker.
0: I haven't seen Matt Stryker in years. Dan. Oh, God. You're assuming oh, no. he didn't get canceled. and He is one of the first folks that got canceled.
1: <laughs> he might have got canceled for his wrestling. Hey, man, come on. It's really funny. I've seen so many Matt Stryker matches in my life, and I actually don't dislike him, but. He is absolute.
0: My, I have one note on this match, Dan. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna have hot takes on this one. Okay. The note is Striker. Striker is one of the ugliest fuckers on the planet. <laughs> That's it. Oh. That's
1: all you need to know. This match is. I mean, I have a little bit more to say, but not a whole lot. Like, this match is so weird because Philly hates Matt Striker. And like he's supposed to be like the "I'm a good wrestler, I'm a babyface, like you know, like a mini Danielson, if you will, but he's not that good a wrestler Danielson, which is not, you know, insulting, it's just true. And Philly hates his guts. So they're literally training die, striker, die. And it's the last match of the first round, and it's the most obvious finish. like Matt Striker's not beating Samoa Joe. And so it it was just weird, and I don't know how long it went, but it felt a little too long. I'm pulling up. It was only nine minutes, but still felt too long. I did enjoy Matt Striker hitting, like, a power slam and, like, two Death Valley drivers. And, not, and then Joe just does one muscle buster. All done.
0: Done, Over. Yeah, I got nothing, Dan. I'm going to be honest with you. I was watching this match. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Joe should just run through this fucker. And he is not. This is a little bit too even Stevens for me. And I'm not sure why we're doing that. What has Stryker done to deserve this business, Dan?
1: I mean, not long before this, I, I would guess two, three months before this, he had like a 20-minute world title match with Joe for some reason. They, they were fully trying to make Matt Stryker a thing still at this point.
0: How do you go about doing that? What do you... How?
1: Well they didn't they didn't secede, so I don't know.
0: I don't Dan, I don't get it. I don't get it. You're not What did they see in this man? It's not the look. It can't be the look. Um all right, Dan. Do you have any other smoking hot thoughts on Striker versus Joe? I think that's it. All right. Do you want to talk about the other matches on the show? I did not watch them. I will be very clear about that front.
1: Um. Well, there's only two. There's, uh, yeah, but it's really only one.
0: Oh, okay, like, fair enough.
1: Yeah, because it's supposed to be a, a giant tag team scramble. It's like CM Punk and Colby Cabana are tag champs. And then they're supposed to wrestle Special K, Outcast Killers, and the Ring Crew Express. But then CM Punk is like, hey, Colt, you're going to the finals of this thing. These guys are a bunch of jobbers. I'm going to beat them. But he's also a face at this time. Oh, yeah. And then he beats a bunch of jobbers in like four minutes. Uh, and then after that, they have a CM Punk versus Hydro, which is Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal match. Which was supposed to be like one of Jay Lethal's like coming out moments and it's just, I found it really boring, not the best. And I mean, it's of all, they did this, they did the same match with you know Jay Lethal and CM Punk again, like almost a year later. And then Jay Lethal had matches with, you know, multiple top guys with what to be coming out matches. And a lot of them didn't work. And this is one of the ones that I, I didn't think worked. It's, it wasn't a breakout performance. It wasn't like, you know, he was supposed to be the story, was supposed to be he took CM Punk to the limit, but it just didn't play. It was just a really boring 20 minute CM Punk J lethal match.
0: Yeah, I wasn't necessarily I sure what they were going for here. Yeah, the scramble
1: really just the angle to set up CM Punk versus Hydro. Got it. And then oh. that's it. And then we go to the final.
0: That's it. And move on to the finals. Yeah. And the finals are, as a reminder, Homicide versus Samoa Joe versus Brian Danielson versus Austin Aries versus Colt Cabana versus Mark Briscoe. Um I got complicated feelings, Dan. Okay. Are your feelings was- complicated or are you feeling straightforward? I'm
1: feeling straightforward positive. Okay. I I have two issues that are pretty glaring, but I'd like to hear what your your complicated feelings are. Uh,
0: Essentially that to get to the final two, it feels all quite meaningless. All the service of nothing. That nothing that happened in the first round feels like it really mattered. Nothing that happens after they're eliminated felt like it really mattered. And it might as well have been these two from the very start Austin Aries versus Bryant Danielson. I, yeah, I just didn't feel like we were served anything by this being a six man elimination match.
1: See, I can get that because it is
0: very distinctly two separate
1: matches. It's, it's 20 minutes as a six way, and then 20 minutes as Danielson versus Aries. Um, and all of the eliminations come within, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back to back. Once they once they start happening, they happen very quickly to get to Danielson and Aries. Um, I liked it, but it's one of those things where it's almost like, because this is, like, my, my, maybe my favorite promotion and my favorite time period of that promotion. Like, the stuff that I think works doesn't work for the tournament. It's, like, setting up future stuff. Like, Cole Cabana gets the first elimination. He there, There's, like, a dive train. Everyone's hitting dives, and Joe's going to hit a dive. But Colt hits a sunset flip and pins Joe. And the, it's, you know, a huge upset. But that sets up, um, you know, a Joe Colt match in the future. And it's like it's literally in between the two one hour draws between Joe and Punk. So it's kind of like his tag team partner pin Joe and Punk can't pin Joe. And then after that, Mark Briscoe eliminates Colt stealing the elimination from Homicide because he blindtides himself and hits a shooting star press. And that sets up a future Briscoe's tag team title match. But then there's a, this is what I really hate. They do this double elimination because Briscoe can't hold up a German suplex between him and homicide, uh, where they're both counted out. And I always hate that. I think it looks stupid. And I hate that the commentary instantly knew what that meant. They instantly knew like, Oh, they're both eliminated. I'm like, that's weird. (laughs) It's almost like you're, it's almost like you're the booker. Uh, but then, yeah, then it gets to Danielson-Aries, and Danielson-Aries rocks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're in agreement there that once we get to the meal, meat and potatoes here, we're off to the races. We're off to the races. Um, I just wish the the lead-up did not feel like a TNA gimmick match. I can see that, yeah. Um, The only difference being with TNA, it would have been over-the-top elimination to lead to the finals. But yeah, this match rocks once we get Terry's versus Danielson. That's just a combo that will not let you down. Um, but I'll let you dig into it a little bit more.
1: Um, well, actually I want to go on a little a little tangent first, because I am the guy that usually ignores commentary. Like I just for whatever reason, like I know some people love it and like good commentary can elevate a match, but I most time just just, just you know, tone it out. I don't even hear it. But this is the first ever survival of the fittest final six-way elimination match, you know, big deal. And they spend the first, it feels like 20 minutes, it's probably only five minutes, discussing that instead of having a Ring of Honor top five ranking, they're changing it to a Ring of Honor, I already forgot what it's called, Uh, Contenders Circle or Contenders Ring. Uh, That sounds like it sucks. Yeah, and it does, and they just go and explain it and explain it and explain it. It felt like watching like a WCW Nitro like a cruiserweight match where they're talking about NWO, they ignore the match and just go into the excruciating detail. About, you need 75% of the championship committee to vote for you, to be in the contender circle. It's so complicated and so stupid um, that I felt like it, as a guy who ignores commentary, that felt like I had to mention it. But okay, yeah, about 20 minutes in, we get down to Danielson versus Austin Aries, and Aries is... Not established in Ring of Honor. I mean, he is, you know, maybe the number two guy in Generation Next, but he doesn't really. He's like the guy in Generation Next doesn't really have a thing. Alex Shelley's like the talker. Jack Evans can do, you know, quadruple moonsaults, and Roger Strong's a badass. And you know, this was like them deciding to make Austin Aries, and it it works. Um, he ends up bleeding from the chin, and it's freaking awesome. Uh, bleeds like crazy. Um, and it's almost like Danerson tries to treat him the way he treats Jack Evans, but Aries is too fast and too strong and he he can get out of moves that Jack Evans could not like, uh, he literally just kind of strengths his way out of academy relation. And, um, yeah, I mean this, I mean, I wish I had more cohesive thought. I just freaking love it. It was just awesome. Like everything hits at a hundred percent. Like, all the strikes look killer. All the submission moves look good, um, with the one obvious exception that I know you'll get to. And, uh, yeah, Danielson makes him by beating him, which, you know, Ring of Honor is not always good at, like, pulling the trigger on guys at the right time, but they're good at this. They're good at, like, putting people over in defeat. And it's, like, just him hanging with Danielson and and not, you know, getting beat in minutes and taking Danielson to 40 minutes... Made him a star. Like he is a star in Ring of Honor from this day forward. Speaking of canceled guys, Austin Aries. I don't know if he's canceled. Probably should be. But he is a star in Ring of Honor at this point because of losing to Danielson. It sets up the seventy-plus minute match they have in the future. It kind of it sets up Aries for his title win at the end of this year, at Final Battle. Um, yeah, I I I adore this, and I do kind of agree with you that if this was just the finals of like a normal single elimination match, like, how much better would it be? Because this single match portion rocks.
0: Yeah, and I think... And then... I might just be wrong, but I always feel like these Danielson versus Austin Aries have similar roles that they both play in their outings. Where Danielson is a force of nature. He is... I pretty much always and forever considered one of the great wrestlers that ever lived. Um, he has all of the tools at his disposal. He, there is not something in his war chest. He can't pull out at any given time and bring against someone where Austin Aries is a bit more limited, limited in the fact that he's not one of the 10 greatest wrestlers that's ever lived. Um, so, his his toolbox is just a little bit, comes up a little bit short. So, he needs to pierce the armor and then take things from there. And the lake is where they kind of find that opening and give it to him. It's like, okay. Danielson gets his legs all fucked up on going over the rope. And now, Austin has his, his out. The The thing that will bring him potentially to the promised land, or at the very least, not get blown out of the water trying to keep up um because he's not that far off Danielson but far enough far enough where he can't go in with even footing against him um yeah the finish being not a back and forth sequence where Danielson catches him or anything it's just an onslaught of laying it in and bringing bringing the house down um but also a general Austin Aries getting to show, hey, I've got some things that I can do that couldn't could have finished Danielson on a different night. But also um, getting his ass whooped for a large period of that the additional 20, 25 minutes that go past when everyone's eliminated. Dan, anything else?
1: Um, no, I just, uh, like, I just, I think that this tournament has a lot of issues, but I think despite Danielson winning, I think the point of the tournament is to make Austin Aries. And I think it does a really good job of that. Maybe in, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, you know, hindsight, because I know Austin Aries goes on to win the title, but I think this was clearly the step one on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing is like, would it have been? Better or different if it was not this specific match layout? Um, does that matter? I don't know necessarily know. But did you need the first 15 minutes of this match to get that effect? I don't think so. Those minutes don't really... Uh, Contribute to the story of Austin Aries all that much? I did not think so, at least.
1: Yeah, I actually think of that first 15 minutes, Mark Briscoe
0: is the story. Mark Briscoe is 100% the story of the first 15 uh, he, minutes. He is, of the first match, it's the Mark Briscoe show. Yeah, he is getting yeah. whooped. He has that little comeback, and it feels like that's a story there, but instead of that being a story, he just immediately, on his comeback pins himself just like okay i don't i don't think we're going anywhere here (laughs) he's out he's gone uh the man that beat his brother he does not really exact any revenge here well jay comes
1: out and then
0: nothing happens yeah
1: i thought oh there's like an angle that's gonna happen or a brawl and not really
0: yeah so it's just like sure Austin Aries journey to being a made man starts here, but is this the best? Is that the best? Is this the best version of that story? I don't think so. And I do not want to judge this about something that isn't, but also I don't want to give credit where I don't want to give all the credit in the world in that instance. when. It doesn't feel like it is the best version of that. Um. All right, Dan, are we into the the final run here? I think we are. Um. And I I echo a
1: lot of what you're saying. Like, despite despite being a biased viewer, I echo a lot of what you're saying because the first half of the final doesn't really put over Aries. And then I said so myself that like the tag match for the first round, I feel like Roderick Strong gets more of a shine there. So it's but at the same. And then, like, so I had a real hard time rating this. So I don't know if you want to start with the match or the worker, but I think the worker is pretty obvious. It's Brian Danielson. Yeah. So maybe we should start there. I, mean, I couldn't imagine picking anyone different. Even yeah. saying he's supposed to put over Aries, like, it's putting over Aries because he's in there with the best in the world.
0: Yeah. Danielson takes the cake. I think it, it's very clear that for him, the tournament is necessary for him to have that first round matchup to set up that final because he does get to look like a true world beater in that first round match. Yeah. does make Ares look like he's overcoming something truly special.
1: I mean, that is like, like he's not, it's funny in a match with Joe, when Joe is a force, and especially in Oh four ring of honor is a force. Danielson still comes off like the best in the world to me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And honestly, I think like look at the striker match. Joe gets minim is minimized at times. Yeah, I- I'm not a avid watcher of early aughts Ring of Honor, so I don't know all the background. But Joe working relatively even with striker made me go, oh, like even when he was on his best. Of- best-in-the-world run of sorts, he wasn't always looking like the best man on the planet. Uh, when he should. When he really should. And match of the tournament, Dan.
1: Okay. For me, it's easy the final. Um, I'm interested to see if you agree.
0: I do not agree. Okay. I have decided on the Brian Danielson versus Jack Evans match.
1: That makes me happy even though you're going against me. (laughs) Because I like, I mean, I know you disagree and say no one should like that match. Like, I, it's just so good. I think maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was trying to hedge my bets too much because, like, I'm usually anti-comedy in tournaments and I'm going after Colt. But, like, this comedy works and it's not that long. And then the actual match portion is so kick-ass.
0: Yeah, I think. You have to overcome some stuff to go over the comedy, but they do it with some of the most ludicrous shit I've seen in a professional wrestling match. It's like, okay, that'll, that overcomes a lot of bad business. Um, that could overcome some of the worst shit I've ever seen. I don't think they did the worst shit I've ever seen by a large margin. So in the context of the tournament, great match for Brian Danielson to set himself up as a true force. And the, love of professional wrestling, just a rad match, rad spectacle. I could throw this at anyone and be like, hey, this match rules. Go watch it. Have a blast. And it works.
1: Um, Likewise, I, also, I think the finals kind of works that way too. Yeah. I also wondered if Generation Next not trying any shit against Brian Danielson because they do, you know, in the Aries Walters match is like, a, well, we don't want to mess with that guy. He's not John Walters. Because it's, it's, you know, it's 20 minutes later, and they're like, well, Jack, uh, good luck.
0: I don't think they put a ton of thought into it.
1: Well.
0: but I also of what impact this, do they have yeah. in the finals?
1: That's true, too. They don't do anything there, you right.
0: <laughs> No matter what, they're bowing out. And I know yeah. it's still Danielson, but it's still like, if you're going to do it, that's the time. You, you have nothing to lose. It's not like it's going to bite you then. Um. Yeah, and I but I think that the finals kind of also works in a similar way that Jack Evans versus Brian Dayleson does. Like, okay, you can throw that at someone outside of the context of the tournament, and I think it works just as well. I don't mean that as that is slightly backhanded, uh, but I, I I truly do believe that. I don't know if you need to really see the first round to get. Much out of this finals.
1: See, and that's why
0: I had a hard time rating it because I'm, I try to think, I'm rating it as
1: watching it, but also how it works as a tournament and a story. And why I don't think this is a bad match. I mean, if there is, it's probably Joe Stryker, but that wasn't like offensive to me. It was nine minutes, it was fine. And it had the Danielson, Jack Evans match, and it had the Mark Briscoe, Alex Shelley match. Um, but it just, none of that really factors in like you said to the finals at all and then the finals even though i like the first match better like if you divide in two halves it is two halves it is like two entirely different matches put in the 145 minute final match so it was i mean it was really tough i ended up giving it a three because that feels kind of like like you know just it's good because it's just good it's not great doesn't tell a cohesive story but it's good wrestling
0: yeah well, and you know what? I think good wrestling kind of paints over a lot of weird, inconsistent tournament stuff. That's my thoughts. So, Dan, that does bring us to your rating for this tournament.
1: That's what I was saying. I give it a three.
0: You give it a three. I missed I the it. rating.
1: Yeah, I sorry. just
0: yep. heard the reasoning and didn't get there. I'm also at a 3. All right, all right. I think this... similar reasons, very similar reasons. I very much wish there was just a little bit more connective tissue in all facets of this of this tournament. There were so many opportunities for interesting ties from first round to second to to the finals that they set up and didn't pay off. Uh, So I don't think it's unfair to ask them to finish what they started. I don't think that's necessarily grading on what they didn't do um, or grading on a tournament that didn't happen. I think they very much did put out things that didn't get finalized and someone could argue, hey, this is a touring promotion that's going to put on a lot of shows in a given year. They maybe capitalized on that in the next show. For a one-night tournament, I think you need more loose ends that are tied up, or more, more things that have follow-through from one round to the next, even if they don't get finalized on that show. But there's still a lot of good wrestling from one of the best rosters ever assembled. So what do you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite tournaments we covered is the, the 16, the 2011 16 karat. and that is the thing where you can just sit down, you can, the only WXW show you watch are those shows, and the tournament tells a story. And that's not really the case with this at all. I don't know. It's almost like I asked you to make me Chinese food, and you make me, like, a really good burrito. Like, I don't want to be, like, rude about the burrito. It's a good burrito. It's not, it's not really what you're supposed to be doing. And, like, this tournament doesn't really tell any story. Like, if it was just a random... Ring of Honor 2004 undercard. And then they just did Danielson Aries as the main event. It all could have still been accomplished exactly the same. Maybe better.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It is just a generally good slew of professional wrestling matches. Does it make a good tournament? My three says yes. Um, Does it make one of my favorite tournaments of all time? Not even close. I will say they didn't didn't completely botch it. That's a positive. I'll take the win. Now
1: I'm sitting here. Like I said, obviously, because of my other tangent, I'm clearly, you know, just going around the old cage match. And I'm thinking, man, I I wish we could have got Jack Evans Danielson in AEW. And it turns out Jack Jack Evans was in the 2022, the most recent Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup. God bless. Made it made it made it to the finals. Oh with my goodness! Flip Gordon won because you got to strike while the iron's hot there.
0: <laughs> this tournament does make me want to watch the 2005 Survival of the Fittest.
1: I believe I was at. I believe the 2006 one is in. Cleveland and I was there and it was not great.
0: I think we just keep going. I think we just do 2005, then 2006, <laughs> then 2007 till it that stops. That's the dream. Check. Is yes, that what we, we decided? Have, no, no, it's not what we decided. Will I regret that? Yeah, probably. What well, could have been?
1: 06 was a delirious one and it had brian danielson versus samoa joe as a first round matchup and went to a time limit draw and i joked to my friend that we should have left right then and then it turned out we should have left right then
0: that's very funny
1: i couldn't remember if that was 05 or 06 but that was 06 yep
0: Delirious. what a time for professional wrestling
1: All right, do we want to announce what we're doing next week? Or not next week, next episode. Definitely not next week. I
0: have no energy, Dan. I barely made it through this one.
1: All right, next week we're doing...
0: We're rolling.
1: WXW Ambition 11 from 2019.
0: There we go. There we go. I love a good ambition. I'm excited. I've not seen this. Partially because... It happened right before that pandemic. That's not technically correct, but we'll probably talk about that more next time on the context of this tournament. All right. And that's a wrap, Dan. Any, any closing thoughts for our audience? Any plugs?
1: Um, I mean, follow me, uh, at, on X on Twitter. Nope, at don't, say Dan, don't call it that Dan underscore rice 88. Um, And I think everyone should be watching 2004 Ring of Honor when you get a chance.
0: Go ahead. Go for it. Also follow us on Twitter, at WDKWPN on Twitter. Maybe you'll find us on other social media websites. I don't know which one will survive the great fall of Elon Musk's hellscape. X-Videos is now trending with 114K tweets. Thanks, everyone, for listening.